Hello, everyone. This is Miguel, the host of Strategy Rewind Podcast, a podcast that focuses on the mindset and strategy necessary for a breakthrough moment. I'm so happy that you could be connected here today from whatever audio platform you're listening to. Hey, I want to encourage you to subscribe. I want to encourage you to share this podcast with those who maybe have not heard the Strategy Rewind podcast and they need the strategy or the encouragement to push the insight in order to have the proper mindset and strategy to have a breakthrough moment. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different because, well, typically we focus on the mindsets and strategies. However, I want to shift a little here. You see, for a very long time, I've worked in leadership. In fact, I've worked in leadership since I was very, very young. My leadership experience initiated in church. I was about 15 years old when I started going to church, and I've been going to church ever since. And when I was 15 years old, I was in a position where I really didn't see the value that was in me. And I didn't see myself as someone who could have some sort of impact or some sort of influence. I just didn't see that for myself. And so it took a time. It took process for me to even be able to consider myself someone who could have impact, someone who could reach people, who could engage and hopefully uh, leave a legacy that echoes in eternity. And so for me, it just took that time. But when I was 15 years old, I had the chance to start going to church and that changed everything. Coming from a broken home, coming from a dysfunctional home, my mother and my father divorced when I was two years old and my mother would later remarry and she maintained married until she passed away. Uh, but my stepfather was a man who was, uh, he was an alcoholic. And when he would touch the bottle, he would start off very jovial, but he, but he would end off very aggressive. And that was just the environment that we were in. And it, it felt as though there was never enough to do more. And there was never enough to even dream about doing more. And when you're a child and you grow up in that type of environment, and, you know, for me, when I look around, I didn't see my dad because, well, my dad was in and out of jail and in and out of addiction and in and out of my life. When when, when I was in that environment, when I was in that moment, just it just didn't feel as though there was a lot of opportunities. So going to church for me was something powerful. It was life-changing not only because of the message of salvation, but also because of the sense of community, because of the opportunities that were given. It was almost like a fresh start. It was it was as though I could finally be able to dream, and, and there was no dream that was too crazy, or that there was nothing that I couldn't pray for, believe in, that was just too out there to the point that people would say, hey, Don't dream too big. That just didn't exist. And so being in the church really impacted my life. And it's been part of my life for the last 20 some odd years. And when I just think about that, I mean, it's, it's not only 
it's not only something that changed my life spiritually, but also physically, emotionally, mentally. It's where I started public speaking. It's where I started growing in leadership. And that's really what I want to talk to you about today is leadership. Because a lot of the leadership experiences that I had were inside the church premise. One of the things that really caught my attention is I not only grew within the church and church organization and church setting, but also as I engaged with other nonprofit organizations, as I engaged with other communities, as I, in my uh, personal career, actually worked in management. It was a very interesting thing for me because every job that I have had, I would seek promotion and I would seek growth and I would seek stability. And if and if there was a way where I could help influence and make a change, then, then that's what I would seek. And it wasn't something that I realized what was happening. It was like I was in leadership in the nonprofit sector. And, and as I moved along in the secular sense, I also found myself in leadership position. And 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 that was just that's just been part of my part of my makeup. That's just been part of my DNA where I've been in leadership. Like the moment I realized that I could influence or, or that I could have relationship, the moment that I that I realized that I possibly could change someone's life, it was as though seeing that possible within the church and seeing that possible within the nonprofit organization organizational sector that it almost allowed me, it gave me license to think, well, but I can also do it in a secular sense. And I've worked in major retail organizations, and right now I'm in the financial technology industry, and I've been able to also climb the corporate ladder and find myself in positions where I'm training, where I'm building out training material, and I'm building out what's going to be the training platform. Like, I've found myself doing that, not just in the nonprofit organizations, but also in the secular sense. And I want to just kind of paint that picture to you on the on the impact that has been in my life the moment that I saw the possibility, the moment that I saw the possibility that I could have an impact. And so oftentimes we just don't see ourselves that way because of our upbringing because of various situations that may have happened to us. Because unfortunately, there are people that mistreat us and mistreat our talents or mistreat our imagination. And so we almost can fall into this state of of thinking, well, this is what it is, right? This, this is not going to grow. Possibilities aren't bigger from there. So for me, going to the church, being in the nonprofit organizations, really opened up my eyes to where I've also been able in my career to just grow in leadership. And, and I want to, and I want to just kind of talk about leadership today because I think we are all leaders despite the size of our tribe. Regardless if you have a big tribe, a small tribe, it doesn't matter. You're a leader. If you're a mother, if you're a father, if you're a brother, if you're an older brother, you're a leader. <laughs> the most interesting thing happened a couple of days ago. I have three daughters, nine, seven, and three are their ages. 
And there was a moment where my three-year-old, she got hurt. And it wasn't nothing serious. It was something here around the house. She was playing around and fell. And <laughs> my wife and I were at close proximity. So we both assume she was going to her mom. And indeed, she made the gesture as though she was going to go to her mother to be con consoled. And, and, and she, she did a U-turn. So I was like, oh, she's coming to me. <laughs> And indeed, she did not come to me. Instead, she went to my middle child. She went to, to her sister. And, and and that was so interesting that as opposed to looking for, for her mother and father and as opposed to looking for us to console her, she went to her older sister. So you think about relationship. You think about influence. You think about impact. We hear a lot of these words. So let me just kind of define some of this for the sake of context at least as I see it. And if you're listening on the Wisdom app and you're coming into the room, hey, thank you for being connected. I want to encourage you to smash that button. Join the conversation. If anything resonates with you or maybe you have a different perspective, I'd love to hear that as well. You know, personally, I don't buy into the idea of social media influencers or influencers. I don't, I don't buy into that idea and I'll tell you why here. I think that that term has been just it's just been adulterated, the, the term influencer. To me, an influencer is someone who has relationship. And so if you have relationship, you have influence. So an example of this is think about the moment you're going to go buy a vehicle or you're going to make some type of big purchase. The people in your circle are the people who have influence with you. Right. Those are the people who have influence, the people in your circle, the people whom you have relationship with. Those are the people that have influence. Those are the influencers. And the reason they have influence is because they have relationship. Right. So you can't have you cannot have influence without relationship. You, you need relationship in order to have influence. And likewise, the next step from there would be impact and impact it's very different depending on proximity and so it is possible that someone may impact your life and not have a relationship with you like it's possible that you're listening to this right now and you're and you're feeling it right you're being impacted by the words that i'm saying it resonates it clicks for you it makes sense for you but maybe you and i just don't have a relationship like if you know, we, we've never gone out for coffee or anything like that. So we don't have a relationship. However, there's a level of impact that I'm having. And so you say, well, okay, well, how can you have impact if you if you don't have a relationship? Well, the reason is because there's different type of impact. And think about this. When I was a child, I remember we would go to sometimes we would go to the lake. And one of the things we would do is that we would take a stone, a rock, a little pebble, and we would throw it out to the lake. And you maybe you've done this, right? You tried to skip the rock, but, <laughs> but I was not good at it at all. So what would happen is that as I was throw the rock, it would go bloop, <laughs> it would just sink. But the interesting thing is that it would cause ripple effects. Now here's the most intriguing thing. The same way the rock that I threw would cause ripple effects, the same way the leaf that would fall from the nearby tree that lands on the water also causes ripple effects. So really anything can impact your life. 
Anyone can impact your life. How many times have you been out and about doing your daily tasks? And as you're out, somebody says a wonderful thing to you. Maybe somebody says, hey, I love that blouse. Or say, hey, that's an awesome haircut. Or, wow, I really like those shoes. And what happens is that that impacts your day and, and, and it changes your entire mind and it, and it changes your entire perception. Like you may have woken up by the wrong side of the bed, right? You may have woken up with a, with an attitude or maybe just fell back on your, on your schedule and you're running late, but all of a sudden somebody looks at you and say, Hey, you've got a beautiful smile. That changes the entire perspective at the moment they impacted you. And now you, you have a different attitude. So anyone can impact your life, whether for good or for bad. Anyone can impact your life. But influence, influence requires relationship. And so I don't buy into this idea of social media influencers because in order for you to have influence, we need relationship. We need to know each other. Because influence, believe it or not, can be a two-way street. Like when I'm going to go buy something, I may call you if we have relationship and I say, hey, I'm thinking about go buying this car. What do you think? And you may say, I don't like that make. I don't like that brand. I don't like that model. I don't like the color. I don't like this. I don't like that. Oh, I like this. I like that. And then that may help me gather most information so that I may make a decision. Not that I'm going to do what you say, but that it's helping me gather information. That's influence. They say, okay, well, if that's influence, then what do we call these social media people that are hijacking the term influencer? And I think those individuals are role models. Why? Because when you look at those people on social media, and when you look at those people who are athletes, and when you look at those people who are actors, and when you look at those people who are in positions where we see them on television, or we see them, you know, on the uh, reels and, and the shorts and the, and the TikToks and anything else, those individuals oftentimes present to us a place that we could aspire to be. And so they become somewhat of a role model. Somewhat of a blueprint is being presented. Okay, if I do X, Y, Z, I can get there, right? If, if you like basketball and you say, okay, if I do the hard work the way, you know, LeBron, who's, can, who's somewhat would say, some would say he's, he's the GOAT. He's not, hey, let me just tell you, he's not my GOAT in basketball. To me, Kobe Bryant is, is, the, is the GOAT. And I'll tell you why. Number one, he never left the Lakers. He had chances to leave. He had thoughts of leaving, but he never left the Lakers. That's number one, even on the bad moments. That's number one. But number two, he never quit. He just never quit. There was no play where you, he was giving you half energy. There was no play where he was lackluster. There was just, it was just one gear. And And the most interesting thing is, you hear everyone talk about Kobe Bryant, and they say the same thing. The deeper you went into the game, the longer the game was, the more ruthless, the more focused, the more uh, just laser he was on one thing, and that was winning at all costs. He would just dive for ball for the ball. He would he would go for the rebound. He would do all these things. And so to me, I say that's. That's the goal right there. But nevertheless, if 
for example, if I wanted to enter into the game of basketball and I would say, okay, if, if Kobe is that GOAT, then I would say, okay, what does it require? Oh, it requires countless hours of training. It requires focus. It requires waking up early. There's the story of Kobe Bryant being part of the Olympics. And as he was part of the Olympics, the whole team was waking up at 10 or 11 in the morning to start their day, to go sightseeing, to then go to practice. But Kobe would wake up at 5, 4 in the morning. So a lot of these guys, when they were coming back from the club or sightseeing at night, he was actually waking up going to the gym. And what would happen was that when they saw him do that, they realized, oh, wait a minute, Kobe is here and we better go to work. He laid the blueprint. That's what a role model does. They show you somewhat the way. Now, you think about this, how many people are on social media that have a reach, that have an audience that they are impacting, that they are sharing the message, and they become somewhat of a role model, and people say, that's the way, and it isn't. It isn't the way. I'm sure you know of a few people that you can name off the top of your head that are like that that have the center stage, that have the spotlight, that are role models, but maybe not in a positive sense. And so to me, there's a difference between a role model, there's a difference between having influence, because influence requires relationship, but anyone can impact your life. All of this is important when we talk about leadership, because you may not see yourself as a leader, but if you are a mother, a father, a brother, a sister, an uncle, a neighbor, you may be a role model, if someone may be watching you and is watching your steps, someone may be watching you and, and just watching the way you maneuver and they say, okay, I think that's the way I want to maneuver. That's the way I want to handle that. I've had, a, I've had a ton of role models in my life, but let's also differentiate this. Being a role model doesn't mean that you're a mentor. A mentor means that you take the time to actually show them the blueprint to actually show them the patterns, to actually give them insight, to actually give them wisdom. No pun intended, as we are currently on the wisdom application. And so there's a difference there, right? We talk about influence, when you talk about uh, people who have a position of impact, people that are role models, people that are mentors. And when we think about all of these titles and Really what differentiates it is the level of relationship. That's what that's what differentiates it. That's what makes it different. Like I may I may harp on how much I like Kobe Bryant, but Kobe was a role model. I don't know Kobe personally. I didn't get to know Kobe Bryant personally. So he didn't have influence in my life, but he was a role model. And as I think about okay, what does it require to be able to accomplish anything at a high level? It requires determination. It requires grit. It requires laser focus. It requires, you know, doing what others don't do. And it's okay. Well, now I see him as a role model. But then the beautiful thing is that if anybody in my circle is doing that, those individuals have influence. And here's the most powerful thing. When we talk about self-efficacy, which is the way you view yourself, when we talk about self-efficacy, and in this example, you know, Kobe, I'm saying, okay, he's a role model. Yeah, he is. But in self-efficacy, it's not the Kobe Bryant of the world that's going to cause me to move because it's easy for anyone to say, yeah, but that's Kobe. Yeah, but that's LeBron. Yeah, but that's 
that's Brady, but that's Mahone, but that's, you know, that's, <laughs> that's Muhammad Ali. Like, those are people, that's McGregor. Those are people that have access to things that I don't have, right? It's easy to justify why they are there and why you are where you are. But when we talk about self-efficacy, the people who have major impact in your life and major influence in your life are the people that are in your circle. Those are the people. Because what happens is that when you see your Uncle Joe and he's building a business and he starts a small Etsy store and you're like, Uncle Joe going to start selling stuff on Etsy? Yeah. And all of a sudden you see that Uncle Joe starts raking in the big bucks. You're like, wait a minute. If Uncle Joe could make money on Etsy, then I can too. And this is because Uncle Joe is at close proximity. This is why association matters so much because assimilation comes by association. Notice the difference. You look at the athlete, you look at the actor, you look at those individuals, those are role models, and we say, okay, yeah, they make good movies, they make good music, but man, they have access to things that we don't. But when Uncle Joe, <laughs> who in this case is a fictitious character, I don't have an Uncle Joe, but <laughs> when Uncle Joe, right, you fill in the blank, if you got an Uncle Joe, or you got that uncle, that aunt, that cousin, that individual in your life, that is just going consistently. And when you see them go, you're like, all right, if they can do it, then I could do it. Notice you didn't say that with any of these athletes. You didn't say that with any of these Hollywood actors. You didn't say that with any of them. You said it with when you saw your mom and dad grinding and making it work, when you saw your uncle and aunt, when you saw your close friend making it work despite facing depression, anxiety, bankruptcy, divorce, etc. You're like, yep, if they can do it, I can do it too. Notice the change, the difference there. So when we talk about these things, <laughs> I think some of these terms have gotten just taken out of context and blown out of proportion. So again, I don't buy into the social media influencer, that title. I just don't buy into that. And you may ask yourself, well, what does this have to do with leadership? And it is that in order for you to succeed in leadership, you need relationship. And relationship then gives you access to influence. The reason a lot of leaders fail is because they don't establish relationship. They see you only for your gifts and the talents and they don't see you as a person. I was speaking to someone recently who had been in an organization for years, about five, six years she had been in this organization. And after being in the organization for so long, the organization went through a management shift and the new manager came in and after some time he called in this team meeting and mind you she had been there for five six years but there were people there who had been there for 16 years but this new manager came in and after about a couple of days called the team meeting and this is what he said to that team he said you all need me more than i need you she had been in the organization for five to six years. Her friend had been there for almost 16 years. And this new manager comes in and says, you need me more than what I need you. This happens oftentimes, rather it be in the nonprofit organizations, or it happens also 
in the in in corporate worlds where people have this attitude that you need the job or you need the paycheck or you need the manager or you need them more than they need you and that is an issue because what happens is that if you're a leader that means you have zero relationship well here's what happened she was so shocked and felt so disrespected she felt as though those words did not align with her values why because she wants to be in a place where she's able to give her best but also grow but be seen as someone of value and so being there hearing those words it woke up something in her where she made the decision that she was going to leave and so she began to put all her ducks in a row so to speak and she quit her job but when she quit her job here's what happened she launched her own company and so it's an interesting thing because it was through that process where she said okay i need to really make a change but why she could have probably stayed in that organization for years and continued to grow it was because the leader did not have a relationship because when you have relationship when you have relationship you acknowledge one thing which is that the way that i talk to susie is not the way i talk to joe and the way i talk to joe is not the way i talk to jennifer and the way i talk to jennifer is not the way i talk to bob and the way i talk to bob is not the same right we have to realize there is an individual nature to this the leader has to realize that when we talk about the team when we talk about the group you have individuals with their own identity with their own gifts, with their own tools, with their own talents, with their own perspective. And the one thing that unites them all is the vision and the mission of the organization. That's the one thing that ties them all. Of course, how many organizations have you been a part of where you don't even know the vision or the mission of the organization? And what happens is that you just see yourself as another number, as another cog in the wheel, as just, well, this is just another paycheck, well, this is just where I am right now, and it becomes very difficult to see yourself there in the long run because you don't even know what the runway is. You don't even know where the runway ends. And that falls on the blame of the leader because the leader ought to be able to explain that ought to be able to say this is what we do this is why we do it this is how we do it these are the processes and if something needs to be addressed rearranged fixed we fix it because of this reason right it's forward thinking it's understanding what is at stake and what the vision is and the reason so many individuals fail in leadership is because they don't establish relationship if you're a parent of multiple kids like i am as i mentioned i have three kids i have three daughters nine seven and three right and as a parent of multiple kids you know this if you're a parent of multiple kids or if if you're an uncle or aunt of of a, a lot of kids and you hang out with them a lot what happens is that you'll notice something each of them have their quirks have their needs have their dreams 
Each of them have their own talents, and some of the talents may be similar, like some of them may be all able to sing, and some of them may be able to draw, and some of them may be able to do whatever the case may be. But the, even those, even those who have similar gifts, the use of the gift is unique. Like just because we're all singers doesn't mean we all sing alike, right? And you wouldn't put Celine Dion, Whitney Houston, and you know somebody else and say, well, they're all the same. No, they sing differently. The tone of their voice, the passion by which they sing. Some individuals have raspy voice, or some individuals have very soulful voice where you could just feel the the lyrics. Others don't. So it's the same gift. But it's a different use of the gift. It's a different side of the gift. And how many places, how many leaders, unfortunately, just clunk people up together? Another cog in the wheel. And they don't even seek to build relationships. And I think this is even more the case given what's what was the pandemic. Because after the pandemic or during that time period, a lot of organizations went working remotely. I know, I know the company I work with, they started working remotely. And of course, they had the infrastructure to do it. As I, as I mentioned, I, I work within the financial technology industry. And, you know, our organization, our company had the structure to be able to go remote, where I would say an easy 95 to 98% of people work remote. Still, some of us go to the office here locally. I've gone into the office. I've worked at home for times, periods of times. So, you know, having that ability is beautiful, is nice. But what happens is that how easy is it to only look at your manager, or your supervisor as the leader? How easy is it to look at them as someone who only gives orders? And there's no, how do you build relationship? That requires a little ingenuity that requires strategic thinking that particular individual who is in leadership has to think okay how do i build relationship beyond the zoom beyond the microsoft meetings beyond the skypes how do i do it how do i build that they got to think about that leaders have to think about that but with something that leaders most definitely have to think about and don't think about is succession and the truth is that success requires succession. Some people that are in leadership, and I've seen this both in coming from the nonprofit side and even in the corporate side, I've seen this from every position that I've been a part of. And I've worked in major retail stores. I've currently worked, like I said, in the financial tech industry. I've worked in different nonprofit organizations with different churches. With, and, and, and I've seen this across the board or just across the board i've seen this where people have a position and they think this is it i finally hit the big one i finally hit a position where i can die <laughs> not a position where i can hit my stride where i can just level up get more information grow and just just keep going no 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 it's like this is the position where i will die and there's no talk about succession. And there's no talk about what's next. And there's no talk about possibilities. And the truth is that success requires succession. 
and it's easy to get into a groove and to get into a position. You know what's interesting? Sometimes it's it's easy to confuse a groove with a funk. Like you can get into a groove of things where you understand the pattern. You like you know clockwork. What's gonna happen tomorrow? You you click on the alarm. You're gonna go to work. You're gonna do this, and you just you know you get in a groove of things, right? Where you just know this is what the day is gonna look like. I'm gonna make this happen. I got these meetings. You just get in a groove. You just build momentum. That can look very similar as though when you're in a funk. When you wake up, you know exactly when you're going to hit the alarm. You know what you're going to have for breakfast. You know how many meetings you're going to have. You know how far your commute is. Those things, a groove and a funk, are very similar. And that's what, what's the difference is that when you fall into a groove, when you get into a groove, batter said, when you get into the groove of things and you get into the swing of things, you're easy to build habit, momentum, and you are still engaged and you're still feeling challenged and feeling like you're growing. That's a good thing. But when you get into a funk, when you feel like it's just a mundane and everything is quicksand and there is no forward thinking, that's a difficult thing. And sometimes leaders are so caught up in their own thing that they don't realize. And again, going back to the results of the pandemic with reference to everyone going remote, if they don't build relationship, how do they have influence? When we talk about when we talk about managers and supervisors, we can see that happening. But it's very interesting how it also happens to leaders like you and I. Because if you have a sister, a brother, a cousin, if you have neighbors, if you have people that look up to you, you are a leader. And it is your duty to build the proper relationship, to be the one who nourishes their vision and hopefully give them a blueprint of what it means to actually strive for greatness. We must come to the understanding that the only way to have true success in the leadership role is to have succession. The question of who will pick up the baton. The question of who will continue forward. The question of who will proceed after I'm gone. Because when we talk about legacy, legacy is taking into consideration how will I be remembered when I've left the room? Also, how will I be remembered when I've left earth? But when we talk about succession, it's answering the question of who will proceed with this mission? Who will proceed with this vision? Who will take the baton and keep running? Who will take it to the next level? So you, the very interesting thing is that we think about the great leaders that we've seen over time in history, and I don't know who their successors were. Like, who was the successor of Martin Luther King? And he was a powerful leader with a powerful message that resonates even till today. Everyone knows the I Have a Dream speech. Everyone knows that. Some people don't know the fact that he was beaten or abused or spied on or even the moments set up or 
And some people don't know that. But who was his successor? Or somebody like Malcolm X who, who preached a very different message. <laughs> you know, one said nonviolence, nonviolence, and the other one said by any means necessary. But who was the successor? Going back to Kobe, I remember that Kobe, at least it seemed as though he was trying to pass the keys of the kingdom, so to speak, to uh, Dwight Howard. But Kobe would always say that Dwight was soft. And then, of course, it's the question of, well, what does he mean that Dwight is soft? It was that look at the level of drive and determination that Kobe had. But you think about this. In leadership, oftentimes people get into a groove. That groove turns into a funk. And then there's a departure. But there's no successor. There's no one who continues on the mission or the vision. It ought not be this way. Because you can't have success without succession. You need someone who's going to continue the vision who's going to continue the mission. You need someone who's going to continue on the task that has begun here. Otherwise, otherwise that mission dies with you. And so when I say surround yourself with people that will nourish your vision, when I say that your tribe will affect your vibe, what I am saying is that it is important to have individuals that would believe in the gift, believe in the talents, believe in the vision, believe in the mission, believe in the possibility, and yes, believe in the magic. <laughs> and that they would all be united by this force that although we are here now, we are going to change the world. And I know this may seem like a big vision, but that is the call. And it is the leader's job to actually nourish, instruct, and help the others mature so that when they understand, okay, the ride has taken me this far, someone else must continue because of life's circumstances, because of whatever the current state of affairs are. It is the leader's job to be able to say, there goes someone who'll be able to move. There goes someone who'll be able to move. There goes someone who'll be able to move. There goes someone. The truth of the matter is, is that we see a lot of leaders who invite us to be with them in the heat of the battle. And they always say, if you can't handle the heat, get out of the kitchen. But when the Meal is done, they never share the sugar. Because the only reason you would be in the kitchen and the only reason you would feel the heat is if indeed the oven is being used and something is being cooked up. And so if we're in the kitchen and we're both feeling the heat, then when that meal is done, it's time for the leader to share the sugar. True leaders share the sugar. All right. True leaders share the the growth share the vision share the purpose so that everyone else can then be in a position of growth and again your tribe may be just you 
and small group, or it may just be you and a massive team. It's your job, leader, to share the sugar. <laughs> and so over 20 years, I've worked in leadership. I've worked in public speaking, and I've had the opportunity to train leaders. It's been a phenomenal thing to see individuals. Actually, we just celebrated this past weekend. One of the individuals that I've been mentoring for some some years now started off speaking within a group of just five people and and you know just a small group and and we've been working together for a number of years and now this past weekend they spoke you know in front of a huge group and spoke for for over 45 minutes and and it was awesome to be able to share that the growth to share the longevity to share the focus the consistency and so my thought of leadership is that the only way that leadership actually can change the world is if we get back to a place where leadership is based upon relationship because then that relationship gives you influence See, anyone can have an impact, but nobody has greater impact than those who have influence. If you're listening on the Strategy Rewind podcast, I want to thank you so much for being connected. And I hope that this has inspired you and encouraged you, motivate you as you journey on, that you would see yourself as a leader or someone who has the potential to be a leader. And if you're listening on the wisdom application and you're not familiar with the Strategy Rewind podcast, the Strategy Rewind podcast is a podcast that I produce. It focuses on the mindset and strategy necessary for a breakthrough moment and is available on all streaming audio platforms. So please check it out. Please subscribe. Do all those wonderful things. Now, currently, I'm also live on the wisdom application. So if you're listening on the Strategy Rewind podcast and you're not familiar with the wisdom application, it's a powerful application that allows you to foster community, ask questions, curate those questions, and even do as I'm doing right now, go live. Of course, as I'm here live and as there's individuals in the room, I'm so grateful that you're all here with me today. If you want to share your perspective or maybe you have a different definition of influence, definitely go ahead and hit that button or send me a message. I'd love to connect with you. And this may not seem as though it has anything to do with strategy or mindset, but on the surface, it does not. However, on a deeper level, it does. Because many of us are indeed feeling the call to leadership, and yet we don't know where to start. And I would say this, the word leadership ends with the word ship and a ship is a big boat it takes people from one destination to another this is why it's important that the leaders that we choose to follow that they would have a destination another thing is that the word friendship also ends with the word ship which means that your friends also have to have a destination. Not that they're leading you, but they also have influence. And so it would be important that they know where they're going as well. And so when we talk about growing leadership, the first ship you must lead is your own. 
if you can lead your ship, if you can get your stuff together and get focused on where you're going and define your core values and define your mission and your vision and be lasered focused, then you can function in leadership because it would be those same things you would be implementing, right? It's a blueprint. It's a pattern that you could say, okay, I applied the focus. I, I applied the habits required, the determination required, the vision required to grow in my life. Well, now that I'm in leadership, these individuals that are on the ship with me, I need to lead them. How do I do this? Same tools apply. Same resources apply. It's important to know your core values because those dictate your perspective and those also dictate your worldview. If you're not familiar with what your core values are, I would encourage you to visit MiguelLebron.com and there click on core values and you'll be able to read a list of values we've put together. I encourage starting off by picking four. Think of it as a compass. You pick four because it's north, east, south, and west. These will guide you. These are actionable. These will hold you accountable. And then there's also an article that you can read. You don't have to submit an email or anything whatsoever. It's just free there on the website, which asks the question, can our values change? And if they can, what impact does that have on our goals and our growth? Hey, if you want to link up together and you're on the Wisdom app, shoot me a message here privately. Let's connect. And if you are listening on the Strategy Rewind podcast and you haven't downloaded Wisdom yet, there's a link on my uh, bio right there in the uh, information of this episode where you can go ahead, download the application, make sure to hit the follow. Let's connect. Ladies and gentlemen, surround yourself with people that will nourish your vision. And remember that success requires succession. <laughs>